On episode 218 of the Tennis Files podcast, you'll learn how to warm up and strength train for tennis with special guest Dean Hollingworth. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Tennis Files Podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mehrban Iranshad. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is Mehrban Iranshad, your host, and I'm happy to bring you another interview with a fantastic coach. And this coach for this episode is Dean Hollingworth, who I've talked to a few times on the podcast, as well as on my annual tennis summits. Dean has well over 25 years of experience as a strength and conditioning coach, and he is a certified strength and conditioning specialist, a master tennis performance specialist by the International Tennis Performance Association, and part of Team PTR. He is also currently the Director of Fitness and Sports Performance at Club CDL in Montreal, where he works primarily with high-performance tennis players. And Dean has also worked with all levels of players, including ITF, ATP, and WTA pros. So he definitely has a lot of great experience with a wide range of tennis players. And so I actually talked with Dean for a long time and ended up splitting that interview into two parts. So this first part is going to be a deep dive into the dynamic warm-up as well as how to strength train properly for tennis. So as you know, I try my best to ask questions that probe into aspects of all sorts of subjects that will try to help you or will help you improve your game. And so in this particular episode, you know, I ask about the importance of, of these two things, the warm-up and strength training, but also, you know, particular exercises that you should do and things that you should avoid and uh, how to program uh, your warm-up and your strength training. So I hope that you find it helpful and enjoy it. And before I launch into the interview for you, I do have another tennis pun. I think this one is probably like the third or fourth one I've done. Uh, and this one goes as follows. A tennis racket got falsely accused of robbing an art gallery. It turns out that both the racket and the picture were framed. Hope you like that one, and uh, prepare for some more during the podcast, especially next week. <laughs> but uh, that, that's all the warning I'll give you. But without further ado, I would like to bring you this interview with Dean on the warm-up and strength training. And like I said, definitely pay attention and take some notes because we mentioned a lot of great exercises on both fronts and a lot of other concepts that you should definitely implement in your training. All right, here's the interview with Dean. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this special episode of the Tennis Files podcast. And I have with me returning guest, tennis fitness extraordinaire, Dean Hollingworth. Dean, welcome to the podcast. It's always awesome to connect with you, whether it's on the podcast or just talking smack on a fo- on the phone or WhatsApp. So welcome. Marban, thank you again for having me on. Um, I was just talking to somebody. I was trying to remember, is this our fourth or fifth time doing this together? Uh, always a great time. And uh, thank you for having me on. And thank you for everything you do for tennis. Thank you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I just love the sport just like you do and just trying to make an impact like you do as well. So really excited to get into this episode because we were talking uh, last week, I think it was, and I really wanted to have you back on and, you know, we brainstormed topics and we came to the topic of, you know, the biggest tennis or biggest mistakes that tennis players make uh, when they try to train their fitness. And so I understand you came up with like 5 billion of them or so. So I'm excited, you know, to have them come from such a knowledgeable expert in this field. And, you know, I love 
fitness. I, I, you know, it makes such a huge impact on your game as well as your longevity in the sport. If you want to keep playing the game, then you got to really pay attention to your fitness and train properly for the sport. So uh, really excited to get into it. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. We, we did discuss and we, we really do believe when we, when we spoke about it, that this could be a really interesting topic, could get heated you know, uh, depending on uh, people talking about the different views. Um, and just one thing for all, for all the listeners and the viewers is, is doesn't mean that these things are just specific to tennis, right? I mean, this, this can apply, I'm sure, to a, a lot of different sports. But we live in a tennis world. These are the things that I see happening most often uh, within the element of fitness for tennis. And uh, I'm really excited to share them with you. So the way I kind of organized it was kind of like a workout program. I went through what I saw in people's workouts, um, you know, from the warm up uh, through the, the, the speed and the development and the power training to the movement training to also like the weight room. So we're going to go through all of those. Uh, but I just want to say for sure, probably the most interesting one. And the one that if, um, you know, you're going to have to pay for my psychologist, my psychologist tomorrow, uh, probably the one that will probably get me the most, um, amped up and riled up with some of the things that I see. So <clears throat> the first thing I want to talk about is the warm up, And I think in tennis, from what I see with uh, our junior players and if I go to tournaments and especially, um, the, the adult players is there's a lack of a warm up. Um, you know, tennis players just really seem like they want to get to get to the club, uh, get on the court and start playing. And, you know, you may be able to get away with this during the summer, but as, as, as the colder months start coming, you really have to have some type of warm up and prepare your body for the movement and for, for a sport that is very demanding on one's body and have it prepared for those, those, those stops, the starts, the rotations. So we can play a sport that we love and, and avoid the injury. That, I think that is the, the number one thing is, first of all, you're warming up to prepare, you're ramping up the body to prepare it for tennis. You know, and when I say ramping it up, you know, I really don't like when I see people doing laps around, around the tennis court. I, I think it truly yeah, is a, a waste of time. First of all, just the way people are running around around the court it's 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 sloppy you know the the motor patterns aren't very good it just looks it doesn't look good let's just put it like that funny thing is you know i was um i was uh, giving a lecture or a it was a conference at um, an, an ita event and i was doing something for the wta so so I was talking about the warm up, and then one of the college coaches she stands up and she asks me a question. She goes, "But everyone does it," and I'm like, "Just because everyone does it doesn't mean it's the right thing to do." You know, one of the some of the worst words you can hear in the English language is, "Well, it's the way we've always done it." And I think we 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 could actually set up our warm up to be even more dynamic and more beneficial. Like, get a skipping rope. I mean, skipping really teaches the athlete, the person, how to be very bouncy. And this is what we want from our athletes is how do we get that elasticity? How do we get that bounciness so they can move better and get to the ball faster? And with that, also working on the mobility and, and the stability of the body that is needed for tennis. You know, if, you know, we've talked about this, I spoke, I'm sure I spoke about this. Well, I did a whole thing on hip mobility. I think it was wrist, all the upper body stuff. And it's like, if your body can't do it and you want it to do it in a game situation, it's going to end up doing something, but it doesn't mean it's going to be necessarily good for the body. So if you're lacking hip mobility and you can't get your hips in place, then your lower back or your knees are going to be asked to do something that they don't want to do. Or if you're lacking thoracic rotation, which is the upper back, the, you know, how your body rotates through a swing and you, you know, you're stiff as a board and you look like this uni turn type of thing, then of course your shoulder, your elbow. I mean, how many times can we go to a tennis club? I'm sure across North America, if not across the world, where we see people wearing, you know, braces on their elbow, braces on their knee, braces here. I even see, you know, 
some of the guys in the washroom putting on braces around their back for the lower back. And you know what? God bless God bless them all. They really want to play and I want them to play. And why not play healthy? Why not play so you're you're not in pain when you're on the court? So I think I think the warm-up is really something uh that is lacking. People don't see the benefit of it a lot of times. And I cannot disagree with that so much. And here, here are two points. You know, the warm-up is more than just warming up. If you think of it like this, if you're doing a warm-up with an elastic and doing lunges, let's say, at the same time to warm up the shoulders and the legs, well, think about this. If you end up doing 10 lunges and 10, 10, 10 elastic pull-aparts, let's say going forward, and then you do a reverse lunge with another pattern with the elastic. Let's say that's 20, 20 lunges and 20 uh, shoulder elastic pull-aparts. Well, if you play three times a week, right? And my math isn't great, but I'm pretty sure that's 60 lunges. <laughs> and then after, you know, that's 60 yeah. lunges that you wouldn't have done that week. So we're, we're working on, yes, the lunge, it, it, if performed properly, you're also going to get a good stretch. You're going to get strength. You're, if you maintain your body stability, you're going to work on the stability of the body as a whole. So, I mean, after a month, you're looking at, you know, 240 lunges. So it adds up. And that's only if you, pay, you play three times a week. The, the other thing is, is that every warm-up should consist of movement patterns that are specific to your sport. You know, like jogging is not specific to tennis. I, I can't get that point across enough. Yes, maybe if you have to jog back to your bag to get your towel, that's the only time you really see that type of jogging. Go. But you look damn good because you warmed up with, with jogging. But my point is, Maribel, if you could start working on your shuffling, on your crossover, doing some karaoke, some more movement-specific, um, tennis-specific patterns, that would be way more beneficial for you on the court. Now, here again, if we do the math, if you're only, if I say, listen, do 10 minutes of, of movement patterns, you know, I, I never want an athlete or anybody that I'm working with having their first explosive movement be in a match. Forget it. If that, that's the case, that's when you start pulling hamstrings. That's when you start pulling a groin or, or you hurt your shoulder because you're swinging so hard on that first ball and your body is not, the tissue is not prepared for the demand of the sport coming back to the time 10 minutes three times a week working on some movement patterns that's 30 minutes after a month it's two hours so i think you know getting that extra little bit is so important and listen you know i bang my head against the wall and i gotta say the kids that are with me now for you for the last few years they're really i hope they're not listening to this um i don't want their heads growing no but they're really good at it you know and it and i try and preach not just going through the movement patterns but also going through with intent and purpose because you can do you can do a, a knee hug and it's a waste of time or you can do a knee hug that's beneficial and you know what? That is, I think, the number one um, component for injury prevention is really a solid warm-up. So when you talk about intent and purpose, like, can you dive a little bit deeper? Like, what, what should the mindset be when we're doing the dynamic warm-up? Well, the mindset should be the same mindset that you would have is if you were practicing with another player, with a coach, with a team or whatnot. You know, like practice starts right beginning of practice is your warm-up. And the mindset should be, okay, I'm going through everything and I'm trying to perform every, every movement possible um, that, that I can do. You know, I'm trying to do every movement as best as I can do it. And that's what I'm trying to do. That's the mindset is to be involved because that's a great point. Sorry, I cut you off. That's a great point because the warm-up is not only essentially for the body, but it's for the mind, especially if we're in a tournament. I mean, that's when you start turning it on, right? You, you want to get that nervous system fire. You want to have some exercises that, that have some pop where we're getting the feet moving really quick and breaking into our movements and, and performing shadow swings. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons why people don't do the dynamic warm-up. One is maybe you're a big 
procrastinator and you leave the house late, you know, to a match or practice and you just don't have enough time. I think usually when you're younger, it's probably more of an ego thing. Like, you know, I'm invincible and I, I don't feel like doing it. But once you uh, get get your first injury, uh, I think that's when it really pops in your head that, hey, you know what? I need to start taking this thing seriously, which is unfortunate that it takes uh, a lot of people, you know, uh, a adverse event in order to actually take the warm up seriously but i mean i can tell you you know for firsthand it, it's made a huge difference in my performance you know I, I used to just i used to not warm up like an idiot and um you know i i wouldn't start really playing or getting into it until like the second set and i lost so many matches because of not doing the dynamic warm up because my body wasn't primed for the movements that we do playing tennis so i really do appreciate you mentioning this uh, really important thing and one other thing I, I thought those braces were just fashion statements, so they're they're actually they're actually useful. Well, I think huh. it's also like uh, uh, medals of honor of the, of that that these are my injuries right. and I am continuing to playing. And to build on your point about why people don't do it, I know I know a lot of times, especially the well, I think the kids and the adults actually, it's like, oh, uh, you know, I'm starting practice in five minutes. My coach is waiting for me. I got, I got to practice. But I think that's where we need also the help of the tennis coaches to be, to be, you know, cognizant of the point that, listen, we want these people to continue. We want them to continue, you know, pain-free, injury-free. And why not set up the first five, 10 minutes of a practice, making them a little bit more athletic? Because it's not just a warm-up. It's, 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 I said to the kids on Friday, I said, I'm, we did a specific warm-up for that day. And I said, you're not going to be able to tell where the warm-up ends and where practice starts because they've actually just meshed into one another, getting them ready for what we're doing. So in terms of the, the dynamic warm-up, how should we structure it? You mentioned a lot of fantastic um, exercises, but do we want to do like a, a general, like some movement to get your heart going and the sweat going? And then you do we want to do lower than upper, upper than lower? Do you, is there, does it matter? Um, for, for me, the way I like doing it is I, I prefer some ground-based exercises to begin. So we'll do some, some, in, you know, some shoulder work to, to, to loosen up the shoulder. We'll do some hip work, some thoracic rotation. Then we'll start moving a little more through dynamic movements, like doing the world's greatest stretch and things like that. And if you're doing those things right, that should start getting you warmer. I mean, the, the warm up we do is actually like once you're done it, you're like, you're like, you're breaking a sweat from it. And then we're still not done. Like yeah. then we'll skip rope and then we'll go into the things I described of, of doing, you know, um, some shuffling, some, some crossovers and some, you know, shadow swings, some real tennis specific base movements. So Dean, I think a lot of uh, players are probably not familiar with thoracic mobility, that term. So can you explain what that yeah, is? So your spine is made up of various areas. So the top of the spine, cervical spine, then we go into the thoracic spine, which is pretty much, if you feel the back of your head, you're going to feel a large bump and pretty much down to the base of you know just below the the bottom of your rib cage is the is your thoracic spine and below that we have the lumbar spine <clears throat> the thoracic spine is actually what when i move like this that's that's what's rotating it's meant to rotate and that can get tight i mean you know if you're sitting at at an office desk or you know um you don't stretch for a while then for sure this can tighten up. And, and this, this is what really allows you to, to complete that swing to come through with the hips and finish nicely with the arm in front of you. So it really is the middle, but it's more than the middle. It's the majority of your spine, but from, let's say, the, just the base of the neck down to the lower rib cage. Awesome, Dean. So, you know, I think it's really eye-opening because not only does the dynamic warm-up help you in your matches, but it really is you know, compiling, you know, basically like a, a workout of, you know, a lot of hours training, you know, particular movements. And yeah, I, I was wondering, wh when does, uh, what is the delineation between a warm-up movement and an actual workout movement if there is one? Because sometimes, like, like for instance, when we did our live workout yeah. uh, together, actually the past few years on Tennis Summit, which, you know, coming up in April again, and I'm, you know, oh, Dean will be on nice. it. Um, unless he refuses and hates me for some reason <laughs> until then. But, 
but you know, I felt like the di- the the warm up that that you put me through itself was was really tough, you know, challenging. And so, I mean, is there any delineation at all, like between warm up and, and actual workout? I really love that point that you bring up because you know, for some people, the warm up is the workout, and it really depends on mm. your overall fitness fitness level. Mm. So, like I was saying before, if you end up doing so many lunges. Or like I'm not, we're not talking about hundreds of lunges, but if you're doing lunges during your warm up, now it's helping your strength, and eventually you don't feel that it just becomes second nature. the The big difference between you know a lunge and a warm up and a lunge in a workout is probably that you add weight to it. You know, like that's you're you're loading that. It's an exercise that that you would load. Gotcha. But for some people, gotcha. for some people, it's the workout. So. That's why when I said again before, the kids are going to have a hard time noticing when they both mesh, it's mainly because the warm-up can be part of the workout also. Cool, Dean. So in terms of um, any equipment, uh, I'm sure you can probably have a great uh, dynamic warm-up without equipment, but are there any particular pieces that you would recommend that we toss in our bag? Yeah, 100%. I think every tennis athlete needs to have some elastic bands, you know, tubing, and two, two different ones, a really nice light one that you can use for for your shoulder work, you know, your external rotations, internal rotations. And then then a stronger one where you'd want to do rowing and chest press, maybe as a warm up for the bigger muscles. And then also, as you know, that those small little elastics that go around the ankles that, uh, you know, you do various movement patterns with them to, to warm up the glutes. Got it. And then any tips in terms of um, the different, you know, variables as far as like, you know, sets, reps, um, time under tension, uh, tempo, anything like that? Yeah. What, for the warm-up? Yeah. So I... You know, when we do, let's say we do a specific movement and I I go for whatever reason, I go with five. I said, okay, we're going to do five thread the needles, you know, or open books for people that know what that is for, for the warm up. And and I tell the, I tell, I tell anybody that gives the warm up, I said, listen, it's not written in stone. If you're, if you show up one day and you've just went through one of the biggest matches of your life the other day, or you had a real tough workout in the gym and you're feeling a little more so. Uh, not slow, but you could be feeling slow, a little more sore, just do, do some extra reps. I mean, it's just, uh, A, it comes down to Maribyrnong, how much time do you have? And then, you know, allotting time to the areas can be important too, more time to the areas that, that need it more. I mean, if, if you're feeling good in some areas, you know, it can just be gone over quickly. But if you have a history with hamstring pulls or quad pulls, I would hope that that person would spend more time on those areas taking care of them because you know when 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 you pull or or, or you know when you pull a muscle or, or you get some type of injury that injury always has the potential of coming back and and people are notorious I mean I am too I get something I take care of it and then I kind of forget about it until it, it comes back again but what you know, one of the biggest predictors of injury is past injury. So why wouldn't you focus on that a little more to help prevent that as much as possible? Yeah, totally agree, Dean. So in terms of um the the length, I know you mentioned like ten minutes uh, a few times, but how how long do you dedicate for the dynamic warm up for your students? And then is there any threshold where where you where you're like this is like this is just too long, like it's counterproductive? Yeah, you don't, you know what, you don't want it to go too long. Like, I, I think when you start getting to the 25 minute, 30 minute mark, for sure, I know people's eyes are going like, are you insane? There's no way I'm doing 25 minutes, 30 <laughs> minutes. Um, <clears throat> you don't want it getting too long because the last thing you want to do is to zap the athlete of all their energy or all their, you know, yeah, all their energy before they even begin. I like, I like around that 15 minute mark. I, I think that's money. It, it's really, really good. And what I was uh, really happy to be able to create this year for our sports study group was a 10-minute piece. It's literally 10 minutes and six seconds when I videotaped it that really looks at the mobility, the stability, uh, warm-up of the shoulders, the hips, the everything in that, in that little 10-minute. And then just give me another five, seven minutes of movement. And and we're ready to roll. I mean, we really are ready. 
Awesome, Dean. Uh, any other thoughts on the warm-up before we shift to the next uh, one? I, I would next just throw mistake. this one last thing in that I'm trying to implement this year. I'm trying to get the athletes to compete against one another prior uh, prior going to practice. Because I think that getting that those, those competitive juices, that emotional component to I think that's really important. Plus it heightens their, their, their awareness and, and, and what's going on. And it doesn't have to be anything more than, you know, putting a square on the wall and who can throw a tennis ball in it, you know, five times and and let there be a little, you know, uh, not reward, but a little repercussion at the end. Like, okay, loser has to do 20 squats or something like that, or just, you know, taking a tennis ball, hitting it back and forth, who, who messes up just something to get that flow. I I'm, I'm playing around with that right now. So I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, definitely let me know. Yeah. What's at me, man? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'll just I'll just end it with this this story oh. that I probably have told you before. But I, I remember in, in the juniors there was like this um championship tournament, like, you know, so the top players in the mid Atlantic section where I'm from were playing and you know, before my match, like most of the players were warming up and I was actually sitting in in the car and then I remember one of the players uh, actually Trent Huey who was a great doubles player on the is, on yeah. the pro tour his yeah yeah so his his mom like knocked on on the passenger side where I was sitting and she like looked angry and she's like go warm up and and I I was just like oh but I'm gonna get tired and <laughs> you know I, I had this like weird thought like I want to save all my energy you know I don't want to expend anything but obviously that's that's totally wrong so I've I've learned over the years um how important the dynamic warm-up is uh so so let me ask yeah. you this question how <laughs> How was your match? <laughs> oh, not good. Not good at all. Yeah, yeah. It didn't go well. But uh, cool, Dane. So let us shift over to the next so one. So the next one, um, we're going to talk about... Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market the weight room and, and strength training. And, you know, when we were, yes, yes when we were, uh, uh, when we were, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, when we were discussing various uh, points of what, what could be, you know, spoken about tonight, you, you mentioned this one and I thought, yeah, you're a hundred percent right. Um, you know, tennis players, again, don't like to do much off, off of a tennis court. Um, to, you know, to bring them into the gym for 30 minutes, especially the adult population, it's quite, quite tough to get them in there. And I think sometimes there's this myth around, uh, fitness and lifting weights in, in the tennis environment more so than other sports that it's not good for you. You know, you're going to get tight. Uh, it's going to affect your game. Yes, it will affect your game. It will make it better. Uh, it will make you faster. It will make you more powerful and it will make you more resilient. That's what we have to look at. And I think lifting weights also is a thing where you don't have, you know, we talked about time limits for warm up. I, I see time limits for the gym also. I don't think you need to be in a gym for an hour and a half. I literally would shoot myself. I, I can't stay in the gym. I worked out today. I was there 45 minutes. Thank you very much. I want to get out. But then again, I don't talk, I don't talk to anybody. I have my earphones, not because I'm completely antisocial. You usually don't talk to anybody, yeah. Either, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not completely antisocial, but I just mm-hmm. do what I have to do, and 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 I focus on. It. I think that's 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 big because I've said this before on on your your podcasts and at conferences and everything. People play tennis to get into shape when they should get into shape to play tennis. 
And if you're not working out, then you're really missing out. And especially for the junior athletes, um, if you're 16, I, I met uh, a 16 year old player not long ago and she'd never worked out. She'd never lifted mm. a weight or done anything. And I'm just like, wow. Like, how do you, how you can't, you, you will not be able to move as far as t- ahead as your dreams are in tennis if you're not getting stronger. There are so many sports out there that you would never even consider not going. Imagine trying to play, you know, football and not going into the gym for, or hockey or basketball. I mean, forget it. It just doesn't happen. You really need this. And I, you know, with Emma, with Emma winning um, the U.S. Open, you know, I was reading this article where she says they say she was doing hip thrusts with 200 kilos, not 200 pounds, 200 kilos. and wow. <clears throat> you know, that's, that's a boatload of, that's a boatload of weight. I mean, that really takes some solid, solid strength. So obviously strength is a huge foundation in her training component and God bless her. That's really important. And you know what, if you want to be powerful, you have to have a certain amount of strength. Strength is really one of the essential building blocks for an athlete. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when, when people say, oh, I don't have that much time and I, I, you got to make time. Listen, if, if, if tennis is just something that you're enjoying as a pastime, great, then enjoy it. But if you're a junior player, you want to make it, you got to put time in the gym. It just does. It will not happen for you. And then the other side of that is you do go into the gym, please have a plan. Like, don't be one of those people looking around going, it's not a la carte, okay? It, it's not a, the gym is not a buffet, okay? You don't go into the gym and say, I'll have, a, I'll have a bit of that with a bit of that and a bit of that. There has to be some plan around it, okay? You know, and I'm not talking about getting the guns all fired up with biceps and triceps. I'm talking about working muscles that are really important for the sport and also important in, in, in preserving the health of your body. Well, the biceps are important for intimidation. You know, when you you do the racket flip and you you flex, they scare them off. Well, the game's all mental. Isn't that right? Yes, yes, yes. And if you want to point to your (laughs) head like this, well, you want to be sure that the the, the bulge is happening underneath the the T-shirt. Yes. Yeah, the the bicep bulge. Let's clarify. Um, So (laughs) in terms of of players, yeah, I I totally agree. I, I think there is this perception that from a lot of people that like, if you lift weights, you're going to become slow. And I love this guy, but I blame Michael Chang. If you're listening, which you're probably not, you know, I I remember that being said around him and I I don't even know if it's true or not, but I just remember that, you know, somebody, some people said that he lifted weights and then he got slower. So again, I don't know if that was the case, but uh, I heard that from a lot of fellow tennis players. And uh, so, so why, why don't you become slow? And, and, you know, how do you become fast lifting weights as opposed to slow? Well, first of all, you have to know what you're doing. You, you, you know, it, if, if mm. that, that, that's the number one thing. That's important for everything. Well, <laughs> yeah, especially <laughs> brain surgeons. But um, yeah. you really, ah, yeah. it's easy. <laughs> I stayed at a Holiday Inn. Um, you really you right. want Express. you want to go in there with a plan that'll be beneficial for your sport. So why why do people get slower? Because maybe they're not doing the right thing. Um, you know, if you're going right. in there and you're lifting light weights for heavy reps, that is not going to get you stronger. You know, there you know this toning type of thing. It ain't happening. If you yeah. use not if you get stronger, then uh, then you have to convert that into power by doing plyometrics. So it's not just training in the, the gym will help you for sure, but you have to do some extra um, plyometric power training at, at the same time. But if you're talking about, you know, a 40, 50 year old man who hasn't done a lot of weight training, you know, in the last 20 years has lost muscle mass, then, you know, by going in there and just getting stronger, you will move better. There's just no two ways about it. You know, I, I remember Michael Chang. He had he had legs like tree trunks. I mean, they were huge for sure. But you look at a guy like Courier, who who I, from what I understand, was one of the first guys to start working out. And he started becoming even, you know, he started climbing in the ranks until everyone else started it also, as he puts it. Yeah. So, so what can we do? 
to, I guess, not let the workouts affect our game too much because I do remember, and I probably was, you know, having the wrong program and everything, but sometimes I would do some heavy lifting and then play tennis and then feel like, you know, I was kind of off and all that. So any tips in that regard? Yeah. I mean, I would not lift weights prior to getting on a court or or taking a lesson. (laughs) Number one right there. (laughs) Yeah. That's not something you want to do. Of course, you're going to go out there and just feel like, you know, your legs are going to be you know, mush or your upper body's not going to want it to do what you want it to do. You know, that's something you get off the tennis court, go into the gym uh, and, and just, you know, do a little bit of legs, you know, and my personal point of view, and I know some people would, would argue this. I, I'm not, I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of machines, like a leg press, a leg extension, mm-hmm. a leg curl. Do something where you have right. to stand and balance while you're doing it, you know, like a split squat or a single leg uh, rear elevated split squat or try, you know, like single leg squats are actually quite hard working, w- working, mm-hmm. you know, doing bridges and things like that, that will really target the legs. And then, you know, for your upper body, uh, you don't really need a lot of chest work. I mean, just a, you know, a little bit. So you look good in your t-shirt, but you know, working, working right. the back muscles. So, so everything stays in place in terms of, of the shoulder blades and the shoulder and getting the shoulder strong. It doesn't have to be anything more honest to God, 25 to 30 minutes. And please don't forget, you know, core. Gotcha. Yeah. And so when would you implement um, full body workouts versus breaking them up? Does it depend on how many days a week you train? Well, ideally, you want to train each body part twice a week. So what I do is when I when someone comes and they say, hey, listen, and you know, I'm trying to get into shape for, for tennis. My first question is, okay, how much time do you have? What, what are you, what kind of yeah. time are you going to devote to the gym? Now, if someone says, oh, I'm happy to come in four times a week, I can work out for 45 minutes. Hey, here you go. Here's a split routine. Uh, and you can go with that. But a lot of times people two to three times is max. So if it's two to three times, I may do a day one and a day two. And then day three would be, you know, day one, day two being a split. And then day three would be a complete body workout. Got it. So we, Got we it. hit each muscle. I know we have chatted about. No, no. Yeah. Sure. Sounds, sounds good. Um, so in terms of, um, you know, we've got the different, um, uh, I guess, uh, characteristics that we can train, you know, strength, power, hypertrophy, which I probably pronounce horribly and endurance. <laughs> um, so is there like a general <laughs> hypertrophy maybe? Um, is there a general like <laughs> a general track that you would follow? Like let, uh, let's let's give you an actual like a scenario. So I guess like maybe like a, a three five or a four zero player who doesn't really lift much. Maybe they lifted a little bit in high school, mm-hmm. but then they stopped. So like, is there a progression you would follow in regards to developing each of those? Well, I I think the first thing that's really important is you don't want to start lifting heavy. You know, if you haven't lifted weights in a long time, or if you've never lifted weights, we're not going to start going with a rep scheme of three to five and try and get max max strength out of that. That that <laughs> would be a recipe for di- for for disaster. I and I think for yeah. a lot of the adult population, I'm very comfortable working. You know. 10 to 12 reps in between there that that will give you you know mm-hmm. some good muscle growth it will help you with your strength it's a little bit of benefits of everything um you know unless i had a, a, a you know a player 40 years old let's say that really wanted to compete and even then i'm not sure i would start working on just pure pure uh, strength I, I you know when you start lifting mm-hmm. weight that 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 heavy weight it, you, I think a lot of times it's, you know, your risk of injury could go up. I know some people are going to say, well, no, no, you know, there's always a risk of injury. And that's true, especially if you're not doing what you're uh, supposed to be doing. And that's why I think people should go and find a qualified trainer and, and just have the exercise taught to them properly. Because if you're going in there blind, um, it, it's a recipe for disaster because I've seen people using, you know, it's it's funny and yet not funny, but just using the equipment completely wrong. <laughs> you know, uh, you're yeah. not supposed to have your head on that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's where <laughs> someone sits. But uh, yeah, 
Gotcha. So again, another scenario, actually this pretty much the same scenario of, of players. So they're kind of a beginner in terms of working out. Can you just give us like three or four different exercises yeah. that you think, you know, it would be great to include on most people's workouts? Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I, I think going with, you know, something for the lower body, like a split squat or reverse lunge, I think is great. The reverse lunge is a little more dynamic, a little more demanding. I like it a lot, especially if you step backwards, come forward, and you don't touch the ground. It really puts a good uh, balance element into it. And I, I prefer wa- uh, working the lower body, um, you know, as opposed to doing squats. Someone can say, well, what's wrong with squats? Nothing wrong with squats. Squats are great. But people tend to have a lot of imbalances. And I think the, yes. the, the split squat will have a better um, time perhaps evening out the body because you may feel like, wow, it's really hard on this side. It's really hard on the other. So, you know, you, you could play to that. Um, one arm row, whether from a mid range or from a high range on a cable, I think that's really, really important. Again, single arm row, like a cable row, not, not just lat pull downs. Not that again, not that there's anything wrong with that. But I think if you're training your body for tennis, uh, it's good to try and even things out. And then, you know, you want to look at some core doing some chops. So, you know, the core doing chops, what I love about that is if I'm doing a half kneeling chop and bringing, oh, I think I froze there for a second, and bringing, bringing the, the cable across my body, you know, my upper body still getting a good work. I have to stabilize, sta- stabilize my, my pelvis, have my core engaged. So I'm getting, I'm getting a lot of bang for the buck out of that. Got it. Got it. So... You know, my mind's random. I was thinking for the one arm row, I'd place like ten French fries in front of me and just just keep rolling ten reps now. Yeah, just pull it towards <laughs> you. And then one 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 more. I mean, you really want to do something like you know um, to to work to work the glutes and the hamstrings. You know, you could just do a bridge. You know, a single leg bridge, which which is actually mm-hmm. quite hard to do. Or you you know put your foot up on yes. a bench or on a on a on a Swiss ball or something, you know, if you don't feel comfortable doing like a single leg uh, deadlift or something like that, which, you know, which is, which is challenging and, and you need to be taught for, for sure how to do that well. Yeah. I, I just love how there's so many different movements to achieve what you want to do and in progressions, like, like when we were doing the live workout last year, you know, you had me do the regular uh, hip thrusts, and then you had me do. Uh, you, I think you had me hold like a medicine ball, uh, you know, up, up top, and then afterwards we did the single leg. Yeah. So that's great. And um, and yeah, I, one of my favorite exercises for the lower body is the Bulgarian squat, uh, split yeah. squat. Would I? I think. Yeah, and I, is is that the same thing as the rear leg elevated yeah, squat? Yeah, it's the exact split same squat? thing. The rear okay, yeah. leg elevated yeah, Bulgarian. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know. Talking about that exercise, I mean, you must really hate your viewers because that will <laughs> kill them. I mean, if you haven't worked out in a yes, long time, yes, you it's do hard. not want to do that day one because you will never go back to, to the gym. And you know what? <laughs> having said that, that is, that's a big, big, you know, um, a big red flag there that people have to be wary of is that, hey, first day, take it easy, please. Just go in there, build it up. Don't go in there trying to set, you know, you know, personal records day one. And I think that's the problem right. sometimes with people going to the gym. A, the, the, the routine is way too long. And B, nobody wants to be crawling out of bed, um, you know, literally to the shower trying to heat up their body because it's so sore. And then how do you play tennis the next fun. day? I mean, it, it's, we got to be smart and, and, and take it easy and, and build up. It's all about progression. Yeah, definitely. Oh, also yeah. in terms of like using weights, I mean, what are, if somebody asks you, Hey, Hey Dean, how much weight should I use? Like, I know that's a super general question. There's a lot of variables, but what's your general advice? <clears throat> it goes back to when you start, you know, if, if you don't know how much weight you're supposed to use. Grab something, nothing too, you know, too high, obviously. I hate to, I hate to say just grab something, but start with 10 pounds. It's fine. See, see how your body feels with it. You know, if it's too hard, you'll know right away, go lower. If it's too easy, hey, you go up and, and it'll take you one or two workouts to find that, that, that happy spot with your workout. 
And then the other important thing is you got to progress. Like, don't tell me you've been using 30s for three months. I mean, that's ridiculous. Like, you're not getting any more gains. Forget it. You know, you're allowed to, you know, the rule of thumb is you're allowed about 10% increase every week, you know. So if you have 30s, you can go to 35 and so on and so forth. I know it's more than 10%. But just take it easy because I get I get I get that asked by the kids like we just restarted beginning of September I'm like uh, coach uh, how much should I hold I'm like well why don't you just try something that you you know two twelves or something two twelve and a half try if it's easy then you know keep it keep it and write it down I think that's important too write down your progress see what you've been doing don't stay don't get stale or, or get stuck in a rut because you haven't increased or you haven't challenged yourself in in four weeks. Yeah, beautiful stuff. So, Dean, uh, when I was talking to Satoshi Ochi, who is a head strength and conditioning coach yeah, of USTA, he gave me this formula, and I was wondering you know, if you could just give your thoughts and critique it, because I'm just curious yeah. to get another viewpoint. So he his formula for strength training, at least, is three or more warm-up exercises, and then you're going to do one or more um, lower body push, one or more lower body pull, one or more upper body push, and then two or more upper body pull. And then you're going to do, I keep saying one or more, but I'll just say one shoulders, one hips, and one core. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think about that? I mean, I think the, the point of that is just to like hit all the different areas like somewhat evenly, except you account for like a little bit more imbalances in the upper body pull. Uh, for, for You know, we do two of those to account for the imbalances. Mm-hmm. So any any thoughts on that? Yeah. I think, first of all, you know, uh, doing uh, prior to doing, let's say, a um, a split squat. Since we've been talking about split squat, um, yeah, you, you don't grab weights the first time. You should be doing a little bit of a warm up set, building up the weights, you know, slowly until yeah. you get to a point where okay, I'm ready to roll, you know. And again, that depends on the day. Maybe some days you're a little more tight. Some days you feel like you're ready to go. That's fine. As long as you're not injuring yourself, you know, when we talk about push, pull, hinge, uh, knee, you know, squat, knee dominant exercises, a push, a a pull is essentially you're doing back. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Pulls are back training, you know, uh, pushing is chest and shoulders. So traditionally you do want to have more back exercises or more pull exercises than push. So You know, I would never say, and as I said before, I would never say that a tennis player shouldn't work chess. I just don't think, in my opinion, you should get under a bar and do bench press. I I just think that's not that great for for the athlete. You know, I think there's a lot more benefit by by standing up and doing a chest press with with a cable system that's much more dynamic. Mm. It's going to have a yeah. more more effect on my body because I have to stabilize my core, I have to stabilize my leg. And we you know, I, I put up a couple of great exercises on my Instagram account where I'm rotating with the exercises and getting involved. <clears throat> that's you know, now geez, we're hitting a whole new section here because Now, can we take the exercises and start making them, I I hate using the word sports, you know, sports specific training, but making them a little more rotational, a little more uh, dynamic in terms of the sport we're playing. You know, like you can do a row and rotate. You can do a row and stand on one leg. And again, same thing. You know, I I think I've said this to you. I've said this a couple of times, you know, the front of our bodies for the beach the back of our bodies for, for athletic performance. So the, you know, right. one chest or one push, two pulls, you know, same for the glutes and the hamstrings. Got it. Cool. 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 Appreciate the, uh, the, you know, sight on yeah. that. Well, um, sorry, just, cool. Sorry. So you think it's decent? Yeah, yeah no, no. He, he, he's a super guy and, and extremely knowledgeable. Yeah. But then again, I think, yeah, I agree. I think just putting out a formula like that, Again, that's why I think you you need somebody to say, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? Your your core is a little weak. You may need more than one exercise. We may need to focus right. this on a little more. Or wow, there's such a discrepancy between the right side and the left side. We may have to look at other things to go. It, sometimes it, you know it. It's it's like it's like you said. It, you know it's it's a formula. It's great and it'll probably work. But for if you really want to take this a little more seriously and, and have something 
uh, not a cookie, uh, a cookie cutter, but something more specific to your needs. That's why I think you need to find someone and say, Hey, listen, uh, I think, I think you need a little more work here and let's focus on that for the next little while. Awesome. Thanks, Dean. Yeah. Great points there. And yeah, I, I you know, that's the formula he gave, but I think he did give some disclaimers as well. Yes. And, you know, I, I think that's, that's a good, you know, general uh, workout. So I just said, uh, you know, I was, I was relooking at some of the summit footage for, for fitness and I, that was a really good one. Yours was awesome. So, um, yeah, I just want to mention Shatoshi, uh, ran into it in, the, in him at the open actually. So any, um, I could probably talk about the subject for a long oh, time, boy. but it's hilarious. Like we've only hit two. And it's been 47 minutes, so... Uh, you may have to pick up you know. the pace here a little. Yeah, I, I don't want people falling <laughs> we'll see. asleep. Yeah. Uh, no, no, it's I think this is a good better. one. Any, I promise any... you that, because it's going to get better in the next couple of minutes. Oh, you're going to take shots? I see, okay. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> Am I going to take shots or do shots, I think, is the question. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, both. But um, Dean, any any last thoughts on this one? Uh, to you know, I'll let you close on anything if you want to mention it. I think that if the tennis player can find 20 to 30 minutes and don't think that 20 or 30 minutes isn't a long time, because if you use the formula you just told me, right? Like two, one, two, that's only about six, seven exercises that, you know, you can cover the body with five to seven exercises and that can have such a tremendous effect, positive effect, not only on your game, but on your body. And listen, it doesn't matter how good you are. When you're hurt, you're sitting watching other people play. And I, I just think in a lot of times, right. injuries can be, I'm not going to say injuries can be always avoided, but I really think that for a lot of people, just having some extra fitness can help you avoid a lot of injuries. All right. I really hope you enjoyed part one of my interview with Coach Dean Hollingworth. And Dean, really enjoyed the conversation. And thanks for coming on to the podcast. If you found value from this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review for the Tennis Files podcast. I think we have like 98 or 99 reviews, it might be. So it would be really cool to get over 100. So definitely would appreciate that if you enjoy the show. Uh, to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. In addition, I would like to leave you with a quote, as I often do at the end of the show, and this one is by Lori Desheen. Apologies if I pronounced that incorrectly, but Lori said, beating yourself up for your flaws and mistakes won't make you perfect, and you don't have to be. Learn, forgive yourself, and remember, we all struggle. It's just part of being human. This is a great concept to carry in mind when you're playing tennis because uh, it's only human to make mistakes. Nobody is perfect. And so uh, if you just make a couple of mistakes in a row, it doesn't make any sense to start screaming at yourself for it. Uh, just reset, have your routine in between points, and just go for the next point. So, all righty then. Well, thanks a lot for listening, and please tune in to part two of my interview with Dean. Uh, as we talk about three more mistakes that you make in your tennis fitness training. All right, have a great one. I will see you soon. And until then, have a fantastic week. Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit TennisFiles.com.